So I've invited uh, my friend Steve Hayes, who's just a hilarious guy himself, to come join me, uh, talk about what would it be like if we got invited to be a guest speaker or the commencement speaker for a major university or even for a high school, what wisdom, what advice would we give to the next generation? I'm gonna show you, I'm gonna show you how to operate in a spirit. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you, this message is for you, this message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get, it's not hard to get, it's not hard to understand. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Imagine, Steve, if they're 18 or they're 21 or 22, they're sitting out in the audience, cap and gown on, really have no desire whatsoever to hear what the speaker has to say. <sighs> they want to get on with it, right? They want to get on with their, with their party, with their lives. <sighs> they finally completed a major milestone in their life. <sighs> what do you say, Steve? What do you say to somebody when their whole life's in front of them and all they want to do is get out of the chair they're sitting in? First of all, can we just pause a second? Let me think about what it would be like to be invited to speak at one of those places. Can we just not mm. rush past that first? <laughs> right. <laughs> Good point. Good point. I just speaking it as if it's a as if and it's a given, right? <laughs> right, right. I mean, I'm a lifer, man. I've worked with young people since I was one. I've worked with them my whole life, and I just I just think they're amazing. So whenever I get a chance to speak at something like this, I jump on it, man. I don't care where it is, what the size is, what they even want me to talk about. Anytime I get a chance to speak into a young adult's life or a child's life, unfortunately, I've only done a couple of baccalaureates, commencements, graduations, things like that. But so I, I, I like the idea of being invited <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, exactly. to do something like that. Have you been able to speak at very many? Uh, zero. So that would be very few, <laughs> right? But I've, okay. I've, I've sat true. through time, right? So I've been on staff. Well, I was on staff at Vanguard University for just under 10 years, which means I sat through every one of their commencements. Uh, now I've been on staff at Hope International University for eight years, and they do two commencements a year, so that's 16, plus my own commencements from high school, from college, and from graduate school. So that's 10, 16, 26 plus 3, 29. I've been present for 29 commencements at least. Wow. Wow. And what's your overall take on commencements? Do you enjoy them? Well, yes and no. So there's two things going on from my perspective. One is the, the pomp and circumstance, right? And I, and I love the fact that we celebrate commencements because two reasons. One, we got to tell, we got to let people know it's, it's really important to celebrate what you've done. I mean, you've accomplished, really, if you look at the world as a whole, to graduate from college puts you in a very small percentile. And that, that's a remarkable accomplishment. Ooh. And I think college kids, because they're doing it and they don't know any different, it just seems like, yeah, well, everybody goes to college, right? Because all my friends are. Well, the truth is everybody doesn't get to go to college. And a lot of people would love to go to college, but they don't have yeah, that opportunity, right? Yeah, they're hanging out with thousands of people that are going to college with them, but they don't see 
the tens and twenties and hundreds of thousands of people their age across the globe that aren't in college, you know, so it's easy to think that everyone is doing what they're doing, but you're right. I mean, and I think that that would be a fantastic thing to tell at a commencement. I mean, mm. to celebrate the things that you have done, you've gone this far and, and there were times you probably wanted to quit. There were times when you didn't know how you were going to pass that class, let alone finish that paper, but you did it. You yeah. survived that. So before you move on to your next thing, take a few moments and celebrate what you accomplished. You did it. You're one of the few people, percentage-wise, that actually gets that degree that you can put on your wall. I think that's fantastic, Joe. Absolutely. You know, and as I think back over the 29-plus commencements that I've sat through, always in the audience, sometimes working, sometimes just observing, uh, to me, there's there's two kinds of commencement addresses there's the one of the keynote speaker that was brought in by the administration to kind of wow the crowd, I guess. Um, and those have kind of been hit and miss over the years. But the ones that I really tune into is when they have the, the student speakers, right? It's maybe it's the valedictorian or it's the person that was voted on by their classmates to represent the class because the stuff that they have to say, it's to me, generally, it's way more profound than the, than the keynote speaker. I completely agree with that. And, and I got to tell you, just watching the audience, because I was a photographer at this last media commencement, uh, Friday night and Saturday at, at Hope this last weekend, and our regular photographer couldn't make it. So they just asked me if I do the photography. And I was like, yeah, of course. So I'm looking through the lens, both at the people on stage and the people in the audience. And we had a really good commencement speaker this year. He was, he, he did, he was funny. He had really good points. He had the audience engaged. But boy, when I was looking through the lens at the graduates as they're listening to their peers on stage it's a completely different look on their face than when they're listening to this you know gray-haired guy that they've never met even though he's funny and delivering a great message yeah. they're hanging on every word of their peers because it's them they see themselves right there on stage like this is my last chance to hear from my peers about what we just went through and they're speaking from my experience not just from theory or concept right yeah which i think would be another great thing to speak at a commencement thing is Number one, be relative. And number two, pay attention to those that are relative around you. You know, one thing that I say in, at graduations and have said is exactly that, is who do you want to be in life? And I'm not even talking about your career. Do you want to have right. a family? Do you not want to have a family? What kind of family would you like to have? What kind of a person would you like to be? And then I tell them, you probably have a family or a person or something in your mind of someone that you look up to. Well, study that person. Study that family. If you're lucky enough to be able to take them out for lunch and pay for it, ask them questions. But if you don't know them, maybe they're you know someone that you only know online or you, you've known on TV or whatever, study them. Get serious about yeah. and ask the question, how do they get a family like that? You know, ask them questions about, you know, I noticed your kids are like this. How did you do that? Or I noticed that you get along with this person like this. How do you do that? What in the world? So find people that are relevant to what you want to be, who you want to become, what you want to do, and then study their life. Secondly, along that whole term of, of being relevant, I would also say to uh, remember that you need to be relevant to the people that you're around. And oftentimes mm. we want people to see things through our lens, right. which they will if we see things through their lens first. How does that statement go? I know you know it. Seek first to be yeah. understood. No, seek yeah. first to understand, and then you'll be understood, yes. right? Versus people out right, there right. who always want, they always come from their angle, from their, you need to understand me. You don't know me. You don't know where I'm coming from. 
Well, yeah, but maybe I would if you took some time to understand where I'm coming from. And a lot of our conversations these days aren't about listening. They aren't about seeking to understand. They're seeking to be understood. Right. Yeah, you know, you nailed it right there. In fact, you just nailed the reason why graduates are way more interested in what their peers are saying than, I mean, we had commencement speakers that had big names, you know, Buzz Aldrin or the Surgeon General or blah, blah, blah. Oh, wow. And, and we were all messing around. This is at my own commencement. This is you know, back in the eighties, graduating from college at Vanguard. And we're, we're shooting a silly string in the air and balloons and um, beach balls. And the Surgeon General C. Everett Coop is up there giving his address. And I'm sure whatever he had to say was interesting, but it was irrelevant to me because all I cared about was enjoying this moment with my peers. But when my friends got up on stage, I was listening, right? I was paying attention. And this is exactly to your point that um, we're far more interested in somebody who understands me than I am about somebody who's just, you know, a, yeah. a name or a celebrity or a star when I have no relationship. Right. Really, that's what it comes down to. Right. Do I have some sort of relationship yeah. with them where I know that they care about me and I care about them and therefore what they have to say matters? Yeah, exactly. Because that, that other student is also there to celebrate yes. that. And they're not just thinking about their speech they're thinking about, I'm in this moment. I'm They're in the skin of the person that, that is listening to them. Exactly. And I think that's where oftentimes we, if we could just spend a little bit of time to get in the mind, to get in the heart, to get in the skin of that person we're having a conversation with, not, let alone doing a speech in front of, because most people <laughs> will never speak. And that's one of the number one fears people have, right, is right. speaking in front of people. But Not you or but me. <laughs> to, right, not you or me, man. Give us a <laughs> microphone and we don't even need any time to prep. But I think that if we would take the time to, to understand the heart, the mind, get in the skin of the person that we're having a conversation with, not only is that conversation going to go better, but a lot of people don't do that. And success follows people that will do that, in my opinion, no matter what it is that you're, you're trying to do or trying to become. Yeah, I agree. So to me, this goes to the principle I heard uh, Simon Sinek talk about, and he's not the only one, but I, you know, like you said earlier on, if you find somebody who's really doing really well what you want to do, well, study what they do. So Simon Sinek's one of those guys for me in business his leadership theories, his leadership ideas, I love. And he's, he made this statement that just floored me and I, I've adopted it. He said, when I get hired to be a keynote speaker anywhere and I get called in, you know, flown into corporate America and they're paying me big bucks, I it, there's a big difference. If I arrive as a student and I'm there and I know I'm going to learn something, it's way, way more engaged both for me and for the audience than if I think I'm showing up to teach something, right? And I think this is brilliant that the guy who got hired to share his wisdom and knowledge with that particular firm, that's why he's there. He shows up as a student and not only does he learn something, but it actually he's more engaged with the audience and they're more engaged with him. So he actually becomes a better teacher when he shows up as a student. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that is so good. Say that again. The thing that Simon Sinek said, that is so good. Yeah, so he says, whenever I show up to speak, to share my wisdom, to give a talk, I tell myself I'm there to learn. What can I learn from this moment? Not what can I what can I teach? And when I come in from that angle, what can I learn? It's not only more engaging for me and I get more out of it, but so do the people that I'm talking with. Because when I then I'm one of them. We're all in here to learn this together and I'm not the I'm not the answer guy. And I just think that's brilliant. That's such a brilliant way to look at it. Wow. I love that. In fact, even your counselors, your life coaches, your therapists, the people in those fields that are trying to help people, the ones that do the best, at least in my opinion, are the ones that know how to ask questions. Yes. They don't. I believe as a life coach myself, 
that the answer is already inside of you. Mm-hmm. You just need help pulling it out. I believe that we all have the answer inside of us. So we might get beat up. We might get worn out. Um, we might have our confidence, our swag taken away from us. We might feel like we're not very viable because of what people have said or done, or, or we might look at our life and not see, you know, wish we were somebody else, whatever. So sometimes we can lose that mojo, like Mojo <laughs> Studios. We can, we can lose right. that, right? But, Absolutely. But no matter how you feel about yourself, you have the answers, I believe, inside of you. And you don't need somebody else to necessarily tell you the answers. I mean, it's good to learn from people, but sometimes the best way to learn is when you figure it out yourself. Like yeah. like I said, I've been working with teenagers my whole life. And when I go someplace to communicate, to speak, or whatever, I like to make it more conversational. Right. I especially with a smaller group, I like to ask them questions because I can tell them the answer and they'll go, they might think, wow, that was great if it, if, if it applies to them, but they're probably going to forget it. However, if I ask the questions and all of a sudden the light comes on on their brain and they come up with the answer, they're probably going to remember that answer right. and it's going to stick with them. So, you know, I, I, I love that whole thing to show up and say, I'm here to learn. I'm not just here to teach. So if we can yeah. just be relevant to that person and we can ask the question, the answers are already inside of you. The answer is inside of you. We just need someone else that's not in our jungle, that's not in our maze, to be able to tell us, hey, this is why you keep running into that wall. You're almost there, keep cutting through, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's almost like our job is to be a drone, a drone camera of someone else's life, where you could say, you know what, let, me, like just give, let me just give you a different perspective and you get, you get the opportunity to rise above the mess, like you said, the jungle, the maze, whatever it is, and from from the air looking down, you can see exactly where the roadblocks are, where the where the dead ends are, and where the openings are. So I love this idea, Steve, that that as a life coach, as a friend, as a therapist, as a mentor, as a pastor, a shepherd, whatever it is your role is in someone else's life, consider yourself the drone that gets to look at it from a different perspective and help them see, yeah, it it is dark and scary and and obnoxious where you are, but there's here's the bigger picture. And let me help you navigate that, right? Which is one of your great words, navigate your happy, right? Yeah, right, right. Because I think we all need somebody else. Our, we can't do this on our own. We weren't supposed to do it on our own. We, that's the other thing I think we could tell uh, graduates. I would want to tell graduates is you're not made to do this on your own. You, you're, you can't do it on your own. If you try to do it on your own, you're going to fall short of what you could possibly become, what you could possibly do, because we need each other and we see things in other people's lives that we don't see ourselves and i think we need to take time in lifting other people up and what was it that you were saying again right there i mean it was so good i was just saying like if if someone allows me that space in their life where they want me to or need me to help them navigate through some dark scary storm or a roadblock or a, an issue that keeps recurring then that's an invitation right that's an invitation to say let me be your drone camera. Let me rise above the trees so I can see the forest and help you see that there there are exits. This is a dead end. This is a roadblock. Take a detour, turn left, turn right, you know, and I can't do the steps for them, of course. That's not the good, good job of a coach anyway, but I can say, you know, you're, you are stuck, but that's okay. That doesn't mean it's not the end of the road. Being stuck doesn't mean you're finished, right? A, a dead end isn't a failure. It's just a detour. So let's take a detour. And if someone's invited you to do that, well, then they'll receive that and, and, and really appreciate it, be grateful for. But if they don't ask for it, Steve, you just as well be saying this. 
because they're not receptive right if they didn't ask they don't want to know my, my wife is very frank frank about this like right. i'll come into a situation and i'll see it you know from my perspective i'll say hey did you try this and she said did i ask and i'm like okay i got it <laughs> right uh, <laughs> it's like it's like Charlie Brown's teacher. Exactly. Wah, 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 wah. That's exactly right. It's the trombone. Yeah. In fact, I remember <laughs> the, trombone I remember the time I, I I finally learned from my wife. I, I I figured that one out. It took me a while though. When she tells me a problem, I'm a life coach. I'm a dad. I'm a male. Right. right? We yeah, love to figure totally. stuff out. Right. Yeah. On on all those levels. Let's fix and, it. Uh, but at one at one point, but she just wants to talk about it. You know, and sometimes the answer is in just talking about it because. You have the answer inside of you or inside your area of influence, I believe. And sometimes all you need to do is just talk about it. And she she told me once, she said, just because I bring up a problem doesn't mean I want you to fix it. I just want you to listen to me. Just to be there, right? Just to be there. Yeah. Just just to yeah. be there in her space. Yeah. Instead of trying to fix people. Yeah, be in the moment, be yeah. in her space, be in her skin, yes. be in her heart, be in her mind, and try to feel. That's what compassion means, right? Compassion means pain. Coming's with. It means to feel, right. to go through that pain with that person, to feel that, that person's pain. Yeah, in fact, as my wife says it so well, and we picked this up from a class we were in, she says, Joe, I just want to feel felt. And I'm like, wow. Because mm-hmm. I want to fix it, right? I want to make it better out, out of love. Out of love, I want mm-hmm. to make it better for her. But she says, no, that's not what I need. I don't need an answer here. I didn't ask a question. I'm just sharing. I'm venting. And all I need is to feel felt. And I'm like, okay, this is a clue, Joe. Clue in. I know you're wow. thick-headed and you're a male and you want to fix it, but that's not what she's asking for. So, you know, this to me, this this goes right to the the fine line between the golden rule and the platinum rule. The golden rule is do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And that's... That's a universal truth that's throughout the ages. It comes right out of the Bible. But I've heard this thing, the platinum rule, and I can't remember the author. He wrote this book. He says, what if you take it to another level? Not just do to other people as you would have them do unto you. Do unto people, do unto other people as they would have you do unto them. Right? So I'm not just serving you, serving you the way I want to be served. I'm serving wow. you the way you want to be served. Well, that takes a whole lot more attention to what somebody else needs. <laughs> not what I need. I love it. So maybe that's what I would share. I love it. Instead of do unto others as you would have them do unto you, which is the golden rule, and that's a great place to start. Do unto others as they would have you do unto them. So now you're serving them from their needs and wants and desires, not from what you think they need, because that's what you want. That's so good. Yeah. And I think I only really only have one other thing that I would actually say. I would probably my whole speech would probably be built around this main concept, but. You're going off to college. You're leaving your past behind. You are all your friends, all your, you're going to make new friends. You're going to be in a new city. Probably you're going to be meeting new people. You can be whoever you want to be. So who do you want to be and be that person? It's a brand new, I mean, in, in high school, man, I was a nerd. I was that kid that, that I was Steve Urkel before there was Steve Urkel. There was Steve Hayes. I always say, I mean, I was a kid. (laughs) They had the books knocked out of my hand, right? They had the stick, yep. you know, kick me signs on my back when I get home that people made fun of. And, and thank God there was no social media back then because it probably would have destroyed me. I wasn't real big on myself because I was made fun of. I had a lot of reasons why people could pick on me. And later years in high school, I had some people in my life speaking to my life. And I realized, wait a minute, I need to be true to who I really am. Because when I got around my friends or a place I was comfortable, I could be the life of the party. 
And so when I went up to college, that's what I became. I became who I wanted to be. I was, I, I, I thought, I don't care what you, you don't even know who I am. So I'm just going to be who I want to be. So I would say, be the person you want to become, start being that when you're in college. Cause you don't have anyone else telling you that you can't do that anymore. Mm, that's so good. That's so good. Yeah. And I think for some people, there's, I, I want to make this delineation between being who you are, because there's something very authentic about being who yeah. you are now, but you're, you're making this great distinction, this great challenge. Be who you are. Of course, don't compromise your integrity or your authenticity. However, right. in the, in the same breath, become who you want to become. So this is, this is more of a transformation word, right? Yes. Be yeah. who you are in the moment. And some contexts are way harder to be yourself than others. And you just described that perfectly with your own experience. But every day could be a commencement, right? Because it's a chance to start over and become who you believe you were made to be. Become who you dream you can be. Become all that you can be. I think we all have this innate sense that we're made for something more. I I hear this phrase a lot, something more. But something more is, is drawing us to become, to fulfill all of the innate uh, beauty and power and wonder of being created in, in the image of God. And who knows what that means, right? That sounds so fabulous, but I think there's this innate draw in our human nature to, to fulfill the highest, best version of myself, but that's a process. So be authentic in who I am now, but realize I got to hold that really loosely because tomorrow, actually today in this next step, I am moving in a direction and am I moving in the direction to who I want to become or not? And if not, course, correct. Make a different choice. Choose a different direction. Yeah. If you think about it, a GPS asks you two questions. It doesn't just ask you where you want to go. You type that in first. Where do I want to go? Who do I want to become? Where do I want to end up? Right. But then it asks you a question that's just as important, if not more important. It says, where are you right now? I love that. If I don't want to be who I am, I want to be, I want to be Joe. I want to have all the mojo that Joe has. And I put in, oh, I'm, I'm Joe McCarthy. Well, guess what? It's going to give me the wrong directions. And I'm, right. I'm going to get lost because I'm not, you got to, you got to find out where you're at now. Start so that, from where that you are. The whole, you know, be who, who you are, but also become who you want to become. That comes oh, yeah. from admitting where you're at, admitting not just your strengths. I think that's very important. Like but you said that in the beginning, celebrate you. Admit your strengths. What are you great at? What do you like to do? What do people say you're good at? But also admit your failures and your weaknesses too and go, I'm not very good at this. I'm really trying to become better. I like that terminology better. I'm trying to become better at doing this. Be honest with where you're at. Then from there, you can move on to who you want to become. Yes. I love the fact you said for the GPS system to work, you have to tell them not only where you want to go, but where you are now. And you have to be honest about that because otherwise it screws up the whole system. I love that. Yeah. And in the middle of a GPS journey, when you're getting guided by your GPS, which you, so let's say the guide is your inner spirit. It's the Holy Spirit. It's God. It's the divine. It's the, the great knowing. People have different words for this. But if you get in, in a GPS system, if you get off course, it says sure. recalculating, rerouting, Right. And it finds the way to get now where you got to, where you got exactly. how to Love get back that. to where you're going, even though you're not going the right direction. And so, man, this is really important. This is a great thing to share with graduates. As you set your course, if you're honest with where you are and you have a vision where you want to be, you're going to get off course sometimes by your own choice and sometimes 
bite things that aren't your own choice. But that that doesn't mean you failed, right? That just means recalculate, yeah, right. re- reroute, recalibrate, right. <laughs> right, recalibrate, and 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 just let yeah. it be as as smooth right. and easy as the GPS going rerouting, rerouting. Okay, turn left here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I don't know about you, but usually when what my GPS, usually the first thing the GPS does, it says, turn around. It tells you to do a U-turn. It <laughs> says right. to turn around. U-turn. Really, that's what the biblical word repent yeah. even means. But it, it's and it's sometimes where I'm like, I know the better way to go. That GPS doesn't know because it doesn't know my world. It doesn't know the little shortcuts. It doesn't know how that that thing right there is always that traffic right there always get backs up right there i know shortcuts sometimes the gps does not know those shortcuts so it was written by somebody who's never lived where i live right so sometimes when i turn right. off on purpose it keeps trying to change recorrecting recalculating recalculating and what it's telling me to do is to turn around get back on the regular course yeah. but i think sometimes that's there's nothing wrong with that that's why you know whether you believe in God or not. But that's what the Bible talks a lot about. Repent. It's not some mean word. It's just your right. GPS trying to recalculate you. Just saying, turn back around, get on the road you're on, but head the other direction because we want to get back to the path to take you, you know, where you want to go. But you said something earlier that was so good. I want to tag on it. You mentioned commencement and you mentioned us. What was that that you said about commencement? Well, I just said like, what if commencement? isn't just a big ceremony when someone completes high school or college or graduate school or whatever school they go to, which is good. I'm not saying we should not do that. What I'm saying is we can take that same idea of commencement into every new day. Like every day I wake up and I commence, I begin, I start something new, right? So, so I could celebrate where I've come, what I've survived, uh, what I made it through Quite honestly, if I wake up this morning, that's a victory because that means whatever I've gone through didn't kill me, right? So that, celebrate the fact I got this far and then recalculate and, and commence, <laughs> move on, take your next step. Commencement is a movement word. It's a verb, not just a, a, a noun. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that commencement means an ending. They think it means, you know, we speak to the college students, to the high school students, even to the middle school and elementary, they, they have graduations and commencements, right? So we think the commencement doesn't mean you're ending your old life. It does mean that, but the word actually means to your a big a beginning or a start. So it, it doesn't mean the ending of the old. It means the starting of the new. Now, obviously, sometimes those two go hand in hand, but commencement actually means moving forward into the next stage of life. And so, you know, I think that's amazing because I think that we as people that maybe aren't graduating, people that maybe have already graduated or we're not gonna be graduating for a while. I think all the things that we said, if we look at it like that, as commencement is a chance for us to move forward and, and to head into the direction. All these things that we talked about, I think that can actually fit to us as adults. Would you agree with that? Or even as, as kids, but as non-graduating people, does the stuff that we talk about fit to us as well? Well, I love the fact that you pose it as a question because that reinforces what you said earlier. The, the really, and I've heard it said this way, Steve, that the questions are the answers. The questions don't just lead us to the answers, mm. which they do that as well. But the questions actually are the answers. And your your question was, is the commencement address that I would give to the graduating class this year, is it for them or is it for me? Or is it both, right? Because whatever words of wisdom yeah. I'm going to share with the next generation yeah. of leaders, next generation of, of doers, next generation of beers, right? That Those are words I'm sharing because that I need to hear them. <laughs> those words are for me, right? 
Yeah. Going back to the, the quote by Simon Sinek, which is, you know, I'm not, I'm here to learn. I'm not just here to teach. I'm also here to learn. Yes. So if I'm a commencement speaker, am I trying to tell students what I think they need to hear? Or is it better for me to show up and say what I need to hear, knowing very well that, right, that hopefully if, so that would be so much more authentic and I think more impactful and powerful when I would just be transparent in front of an audience and say, look, I graduated from college 35 years ago, but here's what I'm still learning and I still need to learn. And this is a truth that that, that keeps bubbling up inside of me and it can't maybe this will be helpful to you but but much earlier in your life maybe you don't have to endure as much grief to get to where i am right yeah commencement means to start this isn't just for people that are graduating this is about all of us and so if we went over all of the things that we had talked about how can we do them from where we're at in life right now as an adult i don't care how old you are I don't care if you're 85 years old. You, all these things still apply to whether you're eight years old or 85 years old, right? If we look at all this stuff from a perspective of how can I learn from this, you know, which is celebrate yourself, be relevant, study other people that, are, that you look up to, that you would like to be like, you'd like to do what they do, study them, okay? What can I learn versus what can I teach? Be a learner, not just a teacher. Don't always put your input out there, but how can I learn from this situation? The platinum rule, number four, versus the golden rule, which is don't do just do unto others as you would have them do unto you, but do unto others as they would want you yeah. to do them. That's, I mean, that's a fantastic <laughs> thought because oftentimes, wow. you know, we get mad when someone doesn't respond and like, well, you did unto them how you would want them to do unto you, but that isn't what they're wanting. You know? right. Back to relationships. It's so amazing to me how all of these principles not all of them, many of the principles point right back to relationships are the most valuable thing that we have. Our relationship with God, mm. our relationship with each, with each other, with nature, which I really love because sometimes we ignore that. And, and then our relationship with ourself, because I mean, it all flows out from there, right? Our, our understanding of God, our understanding of others, you know, and our ability to do, to do the platinum rule instead of the golden rule um, and our, the way we treat uh, nature really that all flows out of my self understanding, my self perception, and my self worth. So if I don't start there, if it's, I guess what I would tell graduates is, you've heard this before, but you got to believe it's an inside job. It starts from the inside out, and all the exterior accolades, status, power, accumulations, all those goals that you think you have, they're empty. You'll get to the top of the mountain and realize you're on the wrong mountain. Right? You'll climb the ladder and realize it was up against the wrong building or that there's 15,000 million buildings behind it, right? So, so choose wisely what mountain are you climbing? And it's an inside job. It's about becoming so aware of the exquisite life form that you are, that when you breathe in air every breath, that's a gift. Yeah, and it isn't just for graduates. All these things fit us. And I think it's easy for us to sit back and go, yeah, those guys, those kids, I just, I, I don't know if this ever happened to you, but I, after times I would get done doing a speech or whatever, and people come and say, oh, I wish my husband were here. Oh, I wish my kid <laughs> could have heard that. And, you know, I grew up in a church where they always said amen all the time. But, you know, we always thought that amen meant I agree with you. But oftentimes I'm like, nah, I'm picking up something else. Amen. For a lot of people, when they're shouting amen, 
I'm not saying everyone does this, but a lot of times, amen meant what would, I mean, you're laughing there. So what do you think that they're saying? I'll, some people are saying when they say amen. They're saying, yeah, you preach it to that person next to me. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> I knew that's why you were laughing. You know? Exactly. They're saying amen, of, bring it, bring yeah, it. but it ain't for me, it's for them. Exactly. It's for them. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I wish those guys would just learn their lesson, man. If they could just, instead of going, I'm not in control of them, what can I learn yeah. about that? Even when I watch a movie, I'm like, how do I fit in this drama that they're portraying right now? Where do I need help? So I think these are all great things that we can do ourselves and not just expect those that are graduating to learn. Yeah, I think I think one other thing I would share, and this, this it ties into everything we've said so far, is it's a very simple but a remind yourself every day, am I going to show up as a giver or a taker? Because you really have a choice. And, and, and of course, in all of this, there's grace. Because when you get off track, the GPS will course correct. It will say, do a U-turn. And you have a choice in that matter. Am I going to get back on course or not? But you got to give yourself grace. None of us are perfect. You know, I love the fact that you took the word repent, which has all this religious baggage to it. and said, just mean, Negative, It just, yeah. just means turn yeah. around. Just turn around and go in a better direction that's yeah. not destructive. Adjust, reconnect. Yeah, reconnect. And, yeah. and, and the word sin is the same for me. Like sin has got all this negative baggage to it. But really sin isn't – it's an archery yeah. term that means you missed the mark. It means you didn't hit dead on the bullseye. So the archers are back there practicing. Yeah. And if they didn't hit dead center yeah. bullseye, it was just called sin. It was just, just a, what it was, right? And so God's just saying – Everybody yeah. misses the mark. Yeah. It's it, and I'm not. It's not a judgment. It's just like okay, I can do better. I can zoom in. I can aim, focus better, right? So if 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 I get off mark, just course correct, take a U-turn and aim better, right? It's so. But but that's a that's way off track from where I was going. But the other thing yeah. I wanted to say was, um, yeah. you know, just remind myself again. So I'm not talking to graduates anymore. I'm talking to me. Remind myself: Am I showing up in every situation in every moment? for what I can get or for what I can give because the wonder of this world and the wonder of God's creation is that when you give, you receive, when you just receive, you get some, but when you give, you get, you get the satisfaction and the joy and the profound um, sense of purpose that you have done something spectacular for someone else. So you receive that. And then you also receive the, the return on your investment. So it's a double blessing, right? Completely agree. Completely agree. I, I, what a way to end this thing, honestly. Um, Joe, that's, that's deep right there. I'm glad you brought that up. Say that again. Are we here to... Um, are we, here are we to givers or takers? Get? Are we here to see what we can get or to see what can I contribute, right? What can I give? Because when you give, you do receive. You receive the satisfaction, the joy, the profound sense of purpose that we're all looking for, and you receive back the investment on what you've put in. So it's a double blessing. But if you're just here to get, you just cut half of that out. And in fact, it's a hollow because when you're just getting, it never satisfies. It's when you give, when it really, it dials in and says, yep, this is what I'm here for. This is why I was made. This is why I exist. I am becoming a giver. I, I want to let go of my past, which I'm not all that proud of and embrace the future and move into the the full power of who I've been created to be. And I'm on that journey. It's, it's an every moment by moment thing. And I invite others onto that journey as well. And, and Steve and I both would be honored and privileged and feel very fulfilled. If there's anything that we could contribute to your life, if you want to reach out to us through social medias or on the back channels, uh, if you've got questions, comments, statements, 
is something you would like us to talk about, uh, we are here to serve because we know that the serving is where the, where the real good juice is, right? So on behalf of Steve and myself, thanks for tuning in. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Peace out. Thanks, Joe. Thank you. Peace out. Steve Ace.